It's time for a snack. Is butter a carb? Are you hungry? Yes, I am. Are you hungry? Yes, I am. Snack time on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Let's go to eat a damn snack. All right, thank you, Rex Ryan, as we move into the snack here on the Blitz 1170 before we get in touch with John Holcomb here for the 5 o'clock hour on the Blitz. I brought up earlier, this is just a little sidebar, brought up that today is the eight-year anniversary of that Steph Curry shot with .6 seconds left in which the Warriors beat the Thunder, the famous Mike Breen call, bang, bang. I'll read to you an excerpt from a report because evidently at halftime the Warriors got into a giant shouting match Lisa Salters said that she heard Draymond Green screaming I am not a robot I know I can play you've you've got me messed up right now if you don't want me to shoot I won't shoot the rest of the game Salter said that she was standing outside of the locker room with the Oklahoma City police, which were always stationed outside of every locker room. But Salters later recalled, they kind of moved me to the side, and the officer just kind of stood by the door with his hand on his weapon like he was trying to determine what he should do. It was clear that something bad was about to happen in this locker room, and we never heard anything like this before. What? Because you heard shouting in the locker room, and the officers had to put their (laughs) hand on their weapons like they were going to go in and regulate, throw down some justice on the Golden State Warriors because Draymond Green was yelling at someone? Like, where have you been? Have you guys been paying attention to any Warrior-related material at all? That seems like an every-night occurrence in the locker room with the Warriors yelling at each other, especially Draymond Green. I mean, there were punches thrown in practice. From from, From eight years ago. Yeah. What's the famous clip from the TNT show where Shaq and Charles are laughing about how the police were called because, what was it, the Clippers were going to go fight someone inside of Staples? That's like one of the famous laughing moments from the uh, inside the NBA show. All right. Uh, let's go fast food here. Scott, you got the audio ready? I do. Because Wendy's is doing something, bros. Wendy's has decided that they are going to change the game. We are going to have prices fluctuate on the Wendy's menu throughout the day as they try to introduce Uber-like surge pricing on its menu. Here's some audio. Two Dave singles. How much would it cost? You could ask, but starting soon, depending on the time of day, you might get a different answer. Wendy's, the country's second largest burger chain with 6,000 locations, announcing that starting next year, menu prices will fluctuate during the busiest times of day, meaning you could be paying as much as a dollar more for that Baconator during the lunch rush. Historically, companies just set one price that was constant across time, Uh, pricing algorithms allow companies to change prices throughout the day. Wendy's CEO announcing his company will spend $20 million on high-tech digital menu boards that can update prices in real time, meaning surge pricing, which used to be reserved for rideshare companies, airlines, and hotels, could be coming to a drive-through near you. 
turn the busy times, they can obviously increase profits then. And also some consumers will want to shift to the less busy times. Prices are lower. Before it's even taken effect, the new surge pricing is getting a frosty reception online. With one user on X writing, surge pricing is just price gouging by any other name. Wendy's telling ABC News in a statement that the decision can allow them to be competitive and flexible with pricing, motivate customers <laughs> yeah. to visit, and provide them with the food they love at a great value. How much of that are you buying in the corporate statement None released by Wendy's there? Oh, don't you worry. This is just us remaining competitive, right? And it's going to, hey, in the long run, this is going to benefit you, the consumer. No, it's not, because that dude on X is exactly right. That's, that's all this is. It's a fancy way to justify using AI and spending that amount of money on digital boards is all that is. Because when, when has, in the examples that they used, Uber, uh, the airlines, for crying out loud, you're using the airlines as an example of, of ways that the customer doesn't ultimately take this one in the shorts. This is this is insane. How can we just start with making sure I get a consistent quality of spicy chicken sandwich from you <laughs> folks before you start I introducing prices that are all across the board during different times? This is wild, absolutely wild. I, and you know I they're not going to be the go first. Go ahead and opt out of ever going to a place that starts doing that kind of nonsense. <laughs> yep, that's a real easy, real easy decision. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like that? My and and you know what? I often in the past have been a big fan of Wendy's. I I love the frosty pun that she threw in there. But yeah, I'm gonna have to rethink once this comes around in 2025. Not that I'm going to Wendy's all the time anyway. I'm just saying that if I'm hungry and want a 10-piece nug from Wendy's. I don't want it to be determined by what time of the day that I'm going. That just seems absolutely absurd. Because is there a limit? Did they talk anything at all about limiting the prices? So what, can you just flip them in an instant? If it's, is is different Wendy's going to have different values on things? Because one location is busier than the other during a certain time of the day? Or is this all across the nation, just prices go up at that time? Because that's that's insane. And what happens it, what like yes is what it is. Yeah, what happens like if you're in the drive-through line, like you're the spot right before the board, you see one price, and then you pull up to the board, and it just flips like that. Like, how's that gonna work? Like, somebody's gonna drive into the building. Like, it's it's gonna work terrible. Yeah, and by the way, does that mean that I'm allowed to negotiate with you what the price should yeah. be? Yeah. Like, that just seems like you're raising it up just on a whim because times of the day across the nation might be busier at other times, but can we can we bargain? Like, what do we do? Do I need to hone in on my bargaining skills when I roll up to the window? Yeah, I'm what the only guy in line. Like, You give me a crappy fry that has way too much salt on it, but yet you've charged me more because it's a – like, does your quality improve as – the desire and demand increases through the day. I would argue that because of the rush during certain times, the quality of the food actually goes down. So I'm going to be paying for I'm going to be paying more for lower quality of food. I just can't believe they would be using the willing to say that the airlines are the example. <laughs>
Denver. Hey, we've got the airlines model. Gee, thanks, buddies. <laughs> thanks for that. Good luck with this strategy, Wendy's. Good luck. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt at all. Uh, there is a Twitter user that's maxed out eight credit cards buying Bitcoin since August 10th uh, that I feel like that we'll need some more time on coming up a little bit later. But, yeah, he, uh, he's been maxing out credit cards buying Bitcoin. I can't wait to dive in and do more research on this. Uh, that, I don't know. That doesn't seem like that that's a f smart financial decision at all, considering the volatility that has been <laughs> uh, Bitcoin and other forms of cryptocurrency. So, yeah, there's there's that. That's going to be a no for me, dog. I don't think you're going to catch me maxing out credit cards at all. And then the 20 uh, plus percent Bitcoin. interest rate on the card. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because once you max out one. So what, your Discover card, you rocking at 24%, bro, in, in what you're trying to do with uh, <laughs> buying all of your Bitcoin that's there? Yeah. Mm -mm. I'm still going to say uh, that is a no. All right. Uh, one other note here. You see that some idiot actually put Arizona State inside the top 10 in his AP top 25 poll. They're 14 and 14. And he voted them at number nine. <laughs> and he got outed, so he went back and removed them from the ballot. I don't know whether it was an honest mistake or, or what, but yeah. Brett Bloomquist from the El Paso Times actually voted a 14-14 Arizona State team as number nine ahead of Kansas and Duke in the latest AP Top 25 poll, which... Did he mean to put Arizona? reason... No, because he had Arizona at number six. Oh, yikes. If you need another reason of why <laughs> that the AP poll is absolutely pointless, might I present exhibit, I don't know, quadruple Z? Probably even more than that with his, how bad sometimes that the AP polls have been. All right, uh, let's get to important days in history on this date. We will start first on this date, 1987, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 debuted. Dream Warriors premiered in theaters. That's what I feel like, I feel like Freddy kind of took a turn about that point, right? Or maybe I'm getting my Freddy movies mixed up. It's hard to keep track of them. There's been like 13 of them, if you Really, like. after two, they all kind of run together for me. Yeah. And by the way, do the, any of those hold up? Are any of those still good? Like, there are some horror movies that are like, all right, yeah, that one holds up because it's terrifying. Do any of the Freddy ones still hold up at all? Or are they, like, campy? I think the first one does. I don't know about any of the others. I, it, I've, it's been so long since I've seen any of the sequels. Because there was a day that yeah, I, I might know. put Freddy up there with what the more terrifying characters of my childhood like, oh god freddy krueger no no uh on this date 1987 some kind of wonderful premiered in theaters starring eric stoltz and leah thompson 1988 father figure by george michael became the number one song in america number one song in america until march 11th 
And on this date, 1988, Judge Reinhold hosted the season 13 finale of Saturday Night Live. Musical guest, musical guest, 10,000 maniacs, in my best Don Pardo voice. <laughs> uh, born on this date, no longer with us, Elizabeth Taylor. February 27th, 1932. Okay, when we were kids, and your idea of someone famous, when you saw someone famous on television, and they were still trotting Elizabeth Taylor out there, did it not seem like the dumbest thing ever that this old woman was supposedly one of the more famous people ever? Because I swear to God, like in 1988, oh, yeah. 1989, when was the last time that she was in anything even in 88 or 89. Like, her career, her movie career had been over, it feels like, a long time by that point. But I'm like, why is this woman It was famous? all about the perfume I, by I, then. No idea. White Diamonds by Elizabeth Taylor. Which every now and then, if you walk by someone, my wife used to work in fragrances and uh, used to tell me horror stories about horror <laughs> stories about White Diamonds. Um, it, like, it has such a distinct smell in any time now that she brought that to my attention, and I smell it, I instantly go on the lookout for someone that is in, easily in their 80s that's still trying to wear white diamonds. <laughs> and let's see here. Ah, uh, Howard Hessman. You might remember him as Johnny Fever on WKRP in Cincinnati and also as uh, Charlie Moore, the teacher on Head of the Class. That's a good recall there. Born on this day, February 27th, 1940. Passing away in 2022 from colon surgery. That doesn't sound like a fun way to go at all. Passing away on this day, Louis Vuitton. November 27th, 1892. <laughs> I'm always blown away at the fact that Louis Vuitton died in the 1800s. Uh, J.T. Walsh. Died on this day, February 27th, 1998. He played Charles Bushman in Sling Blade at the age of 54. Uh, let's see I was about here. to say, former OSU quarterback, but that was, uh, that was JW. <laughs> he also played uh, Major Philip Dickerson in Good Morning Vietnam from 1987. Duke Snyder passed away at the age of 84 on this date in 2011. 16 seasons with the Dodgers and eight-time All-Star. Oh, my gosh. Spock passed away on this date. Zachary this Quinto? This says February 27th, 1931, but I don't think that that's correct. I think he – because he, he wasn't 83 in 1931, no. so I think they got their, their date mixed up on that. He played the original Spock on Star Trek. No, not Zachary Quinto, Colby. Jokes, <laughs> he's, jokes. He's still with us. Even though – didn't one of the guys that played in that movie – he got run over by his own Jeep because he came home drunk. You might what? have to look that up. I think it was the guy that played Chekhov in that new version of Star Wars. I think he came home drunk one night and didn't put his Jeep in park, and it ran over him, and he died. You might have to look that up. Holy cow. Pop culture pop is trying to take over right I now. I never heard that story before. Yeah. I'll, I'll look it up during the break. All right, birthdays. Barbara Babcock from Hill Street Blues, born in the state in 1937. Oh, Neil Sean, guitarist from Journey, 1954. Adrian Smith from Iron Maiden, 1957. Uh, Johnny Van Zant, born in the state 1960. You might know him from Leonard Skinnerd. 
Happy birthday goes out to James Worthy as well, born in the state in 1961, and Adam Baldwin, born in the state in 1962. Kate Mara turns 41. Josh Groban turns 43. The great Tony Gonzalez turns 48. Chandler Jones, has anyone checked on Chandler lately? He's had a wild six months or so on Twitter, turns 34. Greg Marshall is 61. Matt Stairs is 56. And former Sooner, Abraham Answer turns 33. He of the Live Tour. And that will do it for you. Wow. On this day. From Jersey Shore fame is 39, gentlemen. Wow turns 39. She might have been my favorite at one time. Hashtag just saying. That tracks. My wife hung out with Ronnie one night. I don't know if I've ever told <laughs> oh, you Oh, and she's story. alive to talk about it? <laughs> what a psychopath. Well, he, came as a club, he, he came as a club visit, <laughs> and she was working for a radio station at that time, and it was and it was her job to, to hang out with, with Ronnie at his appearance at the <laughs> club here in Tulsa. That's awesome. And let me tell you, and let me tell you, Ronnie gave zero Fs about being in Tulsa on that night at all. <laughs> I, I think the only thing that he worried about that at that time was making sure that the check cashed, and he acted that way towards everyone. All right, that'll do it for the snack. John Holcomb will come up next here on the Blitz 1170 as we stream live on the Blitz 1170 app.